Well, I mentioned to the kids today, I said, I said, it's going to be interesting for y'all for me to sit here and talk about discipline tonight. And they said, well, just don't use us as an example. So I'm going to try to respect their wishes in that. Uh, Mark Twain was quoted as saying, I gave my mom a hard time as a kid, but I think she enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things about parenting that, that are really enjoyable. But one of them for me, and I suspect for you, that's not so enjoyable is disciplining your kids. That is a tough, tough thing in, in life, uh, in, in family life. It is hard to discipline our kids. It is emotionally taxing. It is frustrating, particularly when all you feel like is that you're disciplining your kids all day long. And when they're little, you often feel that way. You feel like for 24 hours you've done nothing but spank your child. And it just wears you out. And it is not all that enjoyable. But I want you to be encouraged tonight to recognize that although it may not be enjoyable, it can produce great joy. There is wonderful fruit that comes from the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And I want to encourage you tonight to walk in that so that you might experience the fruit of that discipline. Now, I have dreams for my kids, and I'm sure you do too. You think about how your kids want to grow up and what you want them to become and be when they they become adults and have families of their own. And and, and I think I'm like any other parent. I mean, I, I, I dream about my kids doing well at school. And making good grades. I dream about my kids excelling in the extracurricular activities they have. I I want my kids to be liked by others and to find a place that they feel like they belong. I mean, I think that most of us would recognize those similar aspirations that we share as parents, wanting the best for our kids. But when you boil it all down and you say, What do you really want for your kids? As a Christian, There's nothing greater than the aspiration, the dream for your kids to know and love the Lord, to walk with Him, and to have their lives spent for His glory. I desperately want my kids to be a light in dark places in the world. I want them to be willing to go wherever God calls them to give their lives for the sake of the gospel. That is my dream for my children. sure you have similar dreams. God's purpose for your children is that they fundamentally as a child obey you. You see, God has placed you in your kids' lives as a hand of His instruction. And so He calls our children to obey Him, but really that is an admonition for us to be faithful in disciplining them so that they might obey us. God wants our kids to know and love Him, to serve Him, and to honor Him with all of their future endeavors. That's God's purpose for their life. And when our dreams for our kids match up with God's purpose for their lives, and we're in a perfect position to be encouraged by what Scripture instructs us to do as parents, And this difficult task of discipline. It's right there when you grasp the dream you have for them. The purpose of God. 
and the instruction of Scripture that these tensions and difficulties somehow sort themselves out to a direction of purpose. And I just want to dig in a little bit of Scripture tonight and take a look at some of that because there is fruit in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at several scriptures tonight, but let's start there. Ephesians chapter 6. If you notice in Ephesians 6, it starts out with this commandment for kids to obey your parents. And then in verse 4, it says, And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, fathers are addressed here because the father is the head of the household. But this, this command here, these, this double command, is meant to be the responsibility of, of both parents, the mother and the father. Notice that the child is to obey the mother and the father there in verse 2. And 4 includes both parents, but the responsibility falling on the head of the home. There are two commands given. The first command is, do not provoke your children to anger. This command should be understood that we are not to do things in our kid's life that unnecessarily moves them closer to being bitter or angry or resentful towards us. When I think of the things that, that, that we can do as parents that would unnecessarily move them to anger. Now, let me clarify what I mean by unnecessarily. When I was a kid and my dad whipped me, I was not happy about that. I was angry. I didn't like that. I didn't like it in the moment. Uh, but that was a necessary response to that discipline because it needed to be unpleasant in my life. What I'm talking about here and what this passage is talking about is when we unnecessarily move them to anger because of our sinfulness. When our sin moves them to anger, we are disobeying this command. And there are really three areas, three categories of a father and mother's life that will move your child to being angry and resentful and bitter that we need to avoid as parents. Number one is a lack of integrity. When we are expecting them to become who we are not, it will move them to resentment. When we expect them to obey because that's what God wants them to do, and what they see in us is a consistent ungodliness in our attitude towards them, that's not going to fly. It's going to move them to resentment. Whenever there's a lack of integrity in our lives, it will unnecessarily move them to, to anger. We need to make sure that we are seeking to be with all of our efforts before the Lord, what we expect them to be. A lack of integrity. I hope you don't misunderstand a lack of integrity to mean an abundance of perfection. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that even when you make mistakes, you're willing to admit them, to confess them, and to be corrected by the Lord before them. They're watching. And they're watching to see how you respond to God's discipline in your life. And they're wondering, are you telling me to be who you are in your life? The second thing is a lack of time. If you are consistently giving your life away to everything else except your kids, 
it will create in them a desire for bitterness towards you. They will resent you. Because when you step into their life to discipline them, but you've not given them time outside of that moment, all they'll see in what you're doing is something that will bring them to resentment because they will miss the whole point of what you're doing because you've not nurtured a deeper relationship with them through quality time. You've got to spend a good amount of time with your kids if you expect godly discipline to take the effect that you want it to take in their lives. In fact, I'd go so far to say your discipline in their lives is not godly if you are not spending time with your kids. You've got to spend time with them. And then the third thing I think that brings about this unnecessary response of anger is just a lack of discipline and instruction of the Lord, which is this next command. When you do not implement this next command in their lives, then you will create opportunities for them to move unnecessarily towards anger and discipline. I mean, towards bitterness. So lack of discipline and instruction will move them that way. And I think it's important that we recognize as parents that that when we discipline our children and we are not moving them unnecessarily toward anger, that what we're really doing is shaping their will. And the way I like to think about this first command, don't provoke them to anger, is do not crush their spirit, but shape their will. We are not called to crush them, we're called to shape them, even though there are times we want to crush them. We are supposed to do our discipline in such a way that they are shaped in their will towards the things of the Lord. So keep that in mind. Don't provoke your children to anger. In other words, don't do sin such that they become resentful towards you. Do humility and godliness and submission to the Lord in such a way they can see in you what you are calling for in them, even when you struggle. Shape their will. All right, this next command is we are to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. We are to feed and nourish our children. That's that word, bring them up. We are to nurture them and nourish them so they grow up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's our responsibility to make sure our children are not starved for truth. They're not wondering what parameters there are in this world, in their lives. They're not seeking for boundaries. They have been given boundaries and parameters and truths that are coming out of God's word for them to apply in their daily life. It's our job to make sure that their souls are well fed on a steady diet of the Lord's training and discipline. So what is the discipline and instruction of the Lord? Well, it is the appropriate response to inappropriate behavior, better known as a whipping. But it's a lot more than that. Instruction and discipline of the Lord is establishing boundaries that are founded in God's truth. They're holding to these boundaries with consistency because a greater and higher authority established those boundaries. It's firmly and compassionately taking your child through chastisement towards restoration and renewal of love and relationship. It includes training your children to know the difference between right and wrong and why certain things are right and why certain things are wrong. It's not only pointing out when things are wrong, it's also pointing out when things are right. I want to talk specifically about discipline. 
and address the question, why should we discipline our kids? And I'm not asking the question, why should we discipline, to invoke the answer because I'm so tired of them acting up. I'm embarrassed to take them out. That's why I do it, you know. I'm, I'm, I want them to be better behaved. I mean, all of those are things that we think and we feel. I'm frustrated with this behavior. I want it to change. I mean, we, we think those things, we feel those things, but why do we really, what is the core reason for disciplining our children? I think, first of all, it just stems out of Ephesians 6, 4, because God tells us to do it. God tells us in Scripture that we should discipline our kids. The reason we do this is because it's what God instructed us to do. If we have dreams for our kids to know and honor the Lord, to fulfill the purposes He has for their lives as their Creator, and it stands to reason we want to do what He says to do. And His Word says that we should discipline our kids. In fact, there are a couple of passages of Scripture I want to direct you to that, that give us that perspective found in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Proverbs 22.15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Proverbs 23.13. Proverbs 23.13. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. That's good news. Proverbs 29.15. Proverbs 29.15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. That's just a, a small sampling of Scripture's directives to be parents who discipline their children. Why do we discipline? Because Scripture tells us to. The second reason why do we discipline is because we love our kids. If we love our kids, we will discipline them, just as God instructs. Scripture is clear that if we love our kids, that's exactly what we will do. Believe me, I know discipline is difficult. It is taxing. It is hard work. Without getting any specific examples so I can stay true to my promise, Lindley and I can vouch that there are times in raising our kids that we looked at each other and thought to ourselves, how can we keep this up? This is flat wearing us out. You know how? Because of love. The reason you keep on disciplining day in and day out when you wonder if it's having any effect, you, it's because you love your kids. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the discipline of the Lord in our lives. I'm going to reference that again in just a minute. But one of the things it says in that passage is that a person who receives no discipline is not a son. That only sons receive discipline. The principle of that passage is that if, if you don't view your child as your responsibility, one that you love and cherish and want to raise, you won't discipline them. But when you love them, you will discipline. Why do you discipline? Because you love. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, the scripture says, He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. 
there's one story I was given permission to tell. Uh, years ago, on Mother's Day weekend, Caden was in the nursery. So I guess he was about three or four years old. He was three years old. And in the nursery, they were asking the kids to, to, to help make a Mother's Day card. So they give to moms after church. And they were supposed to write on the card, you know, picture or whatever, draw something. And then the uh, nursery worker was going to actually write for the kids why they know or how they know that their mom loves them. So they asked the kids, how do you know your mom loves you? And we're going to write that on the card. And so the nursery worker, I think it was Jane, asked Caden, um, how do you know your mom loves you? And he says, because she spanks me. And so Jane looked at him like, okay, we're going to write it on the card. And they wrote that down. And so the card that Caden gave Lindley says, I know you love me because you spank me. And Lindley's like, okay, happy Mother's Day to me, you know. Uh, but, but she got to thinking about the afterwards and she thought, you know, that really is a great compliment. And one that we are grateful our kids see. The reason you discipline your kids is because you love them, you care for them, and you want them to know the Lord. God tells you to discipline. And if he tells you to discipline, it's a means through which they can come to know him. And if you love your kids and you want them to know him, then you will discipline them, faithful, as Scripture directs. The third reason why you discipline is because it is through discipline that you prepare your children to be ready to respond to the discipline of God, their Heavenly Father. As my kids were little and I was disciplining them, I was disciplining them in hopes that one day they would pray to receive Christ as Heavenly Father. On the day they prayed to receive Christ, I knew a transfer would begin. And I'd begin to transfer my authority and responsibility as father over the years to the Lord completely. And that the Lord would ultimately be the discipliner in their lives. And that someday they would leave my home and they would go and make a life of their own. And when they go and they make that life of their own, my dream and aspiration for them is that they would be responsive to God's discipline. That when God brought His heavy hand of discipline, they would submit to that hand and humble themselves and repent and come back to the Lord and obey Him. My discipline in their lives was meant to be an early tutor to best respond to the discipline of God. The reason why we discipline our children is so that our children might be ready to hear God's discipline in their life and say, yes, I don't want to experience the sorrow and the grief of God's discipline. I want to experience the joy and the wonder of fellowship in right standing with God. And when you discipline faithfully according to Scripture, you're preparing the hearts of your children to quickly respond to the discipline of God. And God does discipline His children. You know that, and I know that. And we want our kids to respond to Him quickly. And so we must discipline our kids. This is much bigger than their behavioral issues in the home. 
This is not about getting compliant children for the years of their young, you know, crazy twos and fours. This is not about how do you walk through the three steps to get the most peaceful home now. No, that's not what this is about. What this is about is creating kids who have an ear for the Lord's Spirit, who are willing to follow Him even when they begin to stray because they were responsive to the discipline of God. This is about their spiritual existence, their eternal life. What you're doing every single day in the grind and the difficulty of trying to bring your kids into submission to your authority is really about your kids calling God's authority wonderful and beautiful in their lives. This is so much bigger than the moment. This is about their eternity. That's why you're faithful to discipline. Now, here's what I've found out throughout my short years of life. If you want to know if this is true, ask Doris. She's been around about 50 more years than me. She knows a lot more than I do. When we figure out why we're supposed to do something, and we believe that, we'll figure out how to get it done. I cannot tonight, in the short time we have, even if we were to take weeks to go through this series, I cannot address every issue you're going to face as a parent. And the fact is that each one of us has a different kid with a different personality, with a different set of circumstances, with a different plan on his or her life, and we're going to experience totally different things. There's nothing that I do with my kids that's going to work for your kids all the time, okay? You have to parent your kids the way your kids need to be parented because you are the one who is the steward given to your children by God. You are uniquely gifted to raise your kids, But what we all must do is believe why we are supposed to raise them the way God calls us to raise them. If we get this and we believe this, then we are going to work hard to figure out how to be sensitive to the Lord in the moment. And I'm here to tell you, and and you probably figured this out by now, I've done a lot of studies on parenting, I've looked at a lot of scriptures, I've tried to do a lot of things, but I'm telling you, there are sometimes when you're in the moment and you're sitting there going, God, I don't know what in the world I'm supposed to do right now. I have no clue how to handle this child. I have no clue how to handle this situation. I'm about to blow up. I'm about to need your discipline because I'm about to fall into sin. And uh, I am in deep trouble here. You ever been there? I mean, as a parent, we frequent that stage, you know? And, And we have got to believe in the why so that we continually seek out the Lord and ask Him to instruct us by His Spirit towards faithfulness and discipline. Why do we discipline? Because God tells us to. He tells us to because we are a steward to help our kids know Him. We do it because we love our kids. We do it because we love God. And we want our kids to love God. You've got to believe that. Or nothing else I say tonight is going to help you. Do you really want your dreams for your kids to have eternal life and to serve the Lord, to become reality, then believe the why. Now, there's no question that everything I'm doing for my kids, everything that Lindley's doing for our kids does not guarantee what choices they'll make. And that's a scary truth. 
But what gives me comfort is to know that what we are doing for our children gives them every reason to see the beauty of the right choices. And I can trust the Lord to be faithful. Do you believe the why? Okay, let me give you a couple thoughts on how to discipline. Again, I can't tell you how to do everything, but I can tell you that uh, there are at least three things I think fit all of our situations. And let me just go through them. Number one, how to discipline your kids, be consistent. You have to be consistent. You, you cannot one day say this is wrong and then the next day let it happen six or seven times and then when you get to the point of boiling over, you unleash fury on them because you're sick of it. That's not effective. That promotes anger and bitterness and resentment. Consistency. Faithfulness. That's creating boundaries. God initiated boundaries. You cannot create God-established boundaries in your kids' lives without consistency. You must be consistent. Now, how you choose to display that consistency can be done in a variety of ways. You can spank, you can ground, you can take away responsibility, I mean, opportunities, privileges. You can add responsibility, you can create work, you know, a sweatshop in your home or whatever. You, you can do a lot of things to create discipline in their lives. And personally, I think that you ought to employ a lot of variety of discipline. I think that you ought to, based on the, the personality and the responses responsiveness of your child create discipline that is most effective in them Um, those of you have more than one child you know that not every child responds the same way to your discipline some children are more sensitive to your discipline than other children some children require uh, 700 spankings one requires maybe a harsh word and they're broken I mean there are differences in how your kids respond to discipline, and so you ought to use a variety and tailor the discipline to the heart of the child. And all that being said, I do want to encourage you to recognize that Scripture does promote corporal punishment. It does promote spanking. And so I want to encourage you to use that as a part of your variety. Some of you may not be in on that, but I just want to point out that the Scripture does address that and encourage that in the life of a believer. So let me give you a couple of thoughts on spanking. You should do it because Scripture tells us to use it. And when you use spanking, I would encourage you not to use your hand, but to use a paddle of some sort. The bigger, the better. That's a joke although I believe it. Uh, Use some kind of a paddle or something. The reason I say don't use your hand is because it's very hard to control what you do with your hand. And uh, also striking with a hand is is, um, not exactly how you want your kids to feel about your hand. And so use a paddle. And you can also control the amount of pain easier with a paddle. 
and use that pat on their behind. There's lots of extra padding there. It's made specially for spankings, I'm pretty sure. And uh, if you're curious about how to use a paddle and you're not sure how hard to hit your child with the paddle, then I would encourage you to use it on your spouse and exchange whippings so that you can get the feel of how to create the sting. You can use it on yourself. I mean, you can hit your leg and you can get the feeling of how hard it's going to take to create a pretty good sting. The idea is to leave nothing but a really good sting. And so you ought to practice a little bit with that paddle and get that down. Now, let me tell you, that's a lot of fun. You can take out some frustrations there. But I would encourage you to do that. And what you want to do is just try to get the right sting down for the right age. Um, I think, uh, what were our kids, about 18 months when we started using this kind of punishment? The, yeah, the uh, no-no stick is what... Uh, Lindley would carry it sometimes in her purse to the grocery store, and uh, they'd start acting up, and uh, she'd just reach in there and show them a little bit of that. She'd go, no, no, no stick, no, no, no stick, you know, and it was very effective, you know, and uh, they don't do that anymore, thank goodness, but uh, I just know that that as a part of your arsenal of discipline is effective. And you need to implement as many ways as you can to instruct your children in the parameters of God so they might recognize His many facets of discipline. God never disciplines us the same way. He uses all means to discipline us. And I think we would be wise to use as many means as possible to bring about effective discipline in the lives of our kids. But that should not be at the exclusion of corporal discipline. And so hopefully you will implement that. Uh, By the way, we, we, I hate to say this in front of my kids, but we really don't use that kind of punishment after they hit puberty. It just, that's, that's about the mark where we start to expect them to respond in adult ways and act in adult ways. And so they will experience more adult-type restrictions and punishments. If they do something really bad, I'll pull out the paddle. So I don't want you all to get the wrong idea there. Um, So be consistent with whatever discipline you choose. second thing on how to discipline your kids is really how not to discipline. You don't want to discipline them in anger. This is so important and so very difficult. Um, if, if, If you've been a parent for very long, you recognize there are times your kids can really push the wrong buttons and you can get angry and you can be upset about what they're doing and why they're doing it. As parents, we've got to fight against Discipline and anger, ever. If you struggle with anger, let me just give you a couple of verses that will encourage you to repent. And I, in in my house, um, I have had to, on more than one occasion, um, go to my children and apologize for being angry. 
at them. And I, I hope that tonight you don't hear me saying anything as if I figured this out. You can come up and ask any three of them and they will make sure you know that I have not. Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city that is broken into without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Proverbs 29 and 11. A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. Proverbs 29, 22. A hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. It is critical that you do whatever is necessary to avoid disciplining and anger. And one of the things that you can do is make sure that you do not discipline in the emotional moment of the offense. When the offense happens and your emotion rises, put your kid in the room and lock them in there to keep them safe from you. And then go and speak to your spouse or make a phone call or call your accountability partner or your friend that encouraged you in Christ and just say, hey, look, I'm mad right now and I just need you to pray for me. Then you get on your knees and you pray and you say, Lord, I want to discipline my child so they know you and I know that when you discipline me, you discipline me as a loving father. I want my kid to see my love, not my anger. And you seek the Lord until you are ready to go and discipline. The worst thing that we can do as parents is react, discipline in the moment. We need to be disciplining in a way that, that communicates, I have thought this out, I have made a plan, because there's something bigger at stake here than you being compliant to my wishes. This is not about behavioral modification. This is about my kid knowing the heart of God. Why do we not discipline in anger? Because they're watching us and they're learning about the Father. So it's imperative that you do whatever it takes to make sure that you do not step into discipline and anger, but you step into it in love. And that's the third thing. How do you discipline? You discipline in love. It needs to be in love and it needs to be because of love. And I'm going to tell you what, what I have done um, over the years with my kids. I'm not going to tell you this because I think it's the way you should do it. I'm going to tell you because it's a way I've found to overcome some of my shortcomings and hopefully help them see the heart of the Lord better. When my children disobey, what they typically experience is that I will come in, I will have a conversation with them about the offense and I will communicate the punishment, and then I will dish it out. They will react emotionally. They will be sometimes angry, sometimes crying, whatever it is. And I leave them. And I just they can deal with all that on their own. I'm not going to stay in there and watch all that go down. And so I leave them. And a little bit, once they've worked through that emotion, I come back and I say, are you ready to talk to me? And if they're visibly not ready emotionally not ready, um, I close the door, say, I'll be back in a minute. You better start praying because if I come back in a minute and you're not ready, we're going to be dishing out some more punishment. I am forcing them to get to the place beyond the emotion to deal with the offense 
so that they might deal with reconciliation, forgiveness, and refreshment in the Lord. And so I come back and I say, are you ready to talk? If they are, then I sit down with them. And we have a conversation about what happened and why it happened and what the Lord wants for them. And a lot of times, Lindley and I, when we're having these conversations, we'll talk to them about how the Lord has disciplined us or how we failed in a similar way and how we are trying to walk through that. Because a lot of times our kids will ask, well, how do I keep from doing this? And we get to share with them and we get to introduce them to how we are seeking to walk with the Lord in very similar struggles that they're facing. We try to walk them through that. And then I pray for our kids. And oftentimes I will get close enough to hold them or to have them on my lap. And... uh, I hope that until I am physically not able to hold them on my lap, that they will keep getting in my lap. Because I want to hold my kids so that they know that I love them and they feel that love. So see, I want to talk, I want to pray, and I want to reconcile. Because that's exactly what the Father wants to do with us. And I want to take them through that experience so that we're good. And I don't stop that that process until I sense that they are good with me. Or they are good with their mother. Because I want them to feel restored. Because that is the ultimate outcome of God's discipline. He wants to discipline us so we feel restored. Not broken. And so I help my kids see how their disobedience broke relationship and trust between us. And then I want them to feel that restoration. And so I work towards that and pray towards that. Now, depending on the age of your kids, you've got to modify some of that. But you can do a little bit of that from the time you start disciplining all the way up until they leave your home. And I want to encourage you to really implement that into the, the, the discipline process so that they understand and perceive your love, ultimately, so that they perceive God's love. So you want to discipline in love. I want to tell you some of the greatest moments of my life as a father have come on the backside of my kids' disobedience. You see, on the backside of my children's disobedience, I see a glimpse of the dream. Because they're broken and they're tender-hearted And they want restoration of fellowship. And I see a glimpse of a dream of my children giving their lives for the sake of the gospel. Under the the disciplining, loving hand of God. And it is a sweet moment. A moment that fuels me on in the why. And makes me seek the Lord to figure out the how. The bottom line is, I can't tell you the how. Because I don't know what you're going to face. But I can tell you the why. I can give you some biblical principles to grab hold of. But listen, you'll never be able to do this faithfully if you are not seeking the Lord yourself. You will never be able to discipline your kids in a way that is a tool of the Lord so that they might see His discipline if you are not seeking the Lord yourself. This is a much too large a task 
for us to endure and handle outside of walking faithfully with the Lord. You must be a person who seeks after Christ. You need Christ in this. And your kids need you to be seeking after Christ so that your hand of discipline best reflects His. There is fruit in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And hope tonight you're encouraged to walk in it. There are dreams that are meant to become reality. And a lot of those will come through the fruit of the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. We must, we must seek the Lord as parents. If you have questions tonight, um, we're not, we're not going to have time to take questions, but I recognize that this topic stirs up questions. If you've got questions, and you'd like to talk to somebody that has already been through where you're at, and would be able to provide godly counsel for you. All you need to do is contact the office. You can email me or you can call the office and just communicate with me. I need someone to ask some questions. And what we'll do is we'll facilitate you an opportunity to meet with somebody who's already been through where you are so that you might have godly counsel in your life. Our church and our leadership is committed to helping you parent your children and raise them to know and fear the Lord. And the last thing you should ever do is feel like you can't ask for help because you're embarrassed about a question. I promise you. I promise you there are people in this church that have already been there and experienced exactly what you're going through. They can help you. So if you need help, you seek out that help and we'll do the best we can to facilitate that. We want you to honor the Lord in your homes. There's no higher calling, no greater purpose, no better effort for us to spend our lives towards than building homes that reflect the goodness of the gospel.